Once again, our congregation would like to thank you for listening to another edition of the Money Life Community Church, the Church of God of Prophecy Congregation Podcast. This podcast was recorded for Sunday, June 3rd, 2007. The local church is located at 6808 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. We have a webpage at www.cogopoh.com. We have a blog located at www.ablcommunitychurch.blogspot.com. And we can be found on MySpace at myspace.com forward slash c-o-g-o-p-o-h my name is uh, Chris I'll be your host on this podcast I work in the local church I'm a member there work with the AV crew along with uh, Brother Jim Fortenberry and Brother Jim Ramsey uh, I maintain the website and I handle all the podcasts if you got any questions any suggestions for me I can be reached by email podcast at c-o-g-o-p-o-h dot com Give me any kind of input you feel like writing me about, any kind of questions about the church, anything you want. Uh, I'm going to start you off and uh, see what's going on here for announcements. As we've been doing for the last few podcasts, uh, try to let you know that the Vacation Bible School is going to be happening. This is June 11th through the 15th, just another week. Uh, it's going to be for ages 3 to 12, so if you have any sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, sign them up, bring them on out to 6808 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. This is going to start, I believe it's 615, I'll get the correct time for you later, um, but I believe it's going to start at 615, so uh, if you have any kids that can fall within the, those age groups, have them come on out and have a little bit of fun with us at the local church here. Uh, we'd like to remember the following in prayer, if you would. Uh, Ray and Faith Baxter, uh, Jack Chestnut, Christine Jett, Ruth Surrett, and the Wagman family. Please remember all those in prayer when you say your prayers. What does VBS mean to you? Very boring sea cucumbers. Very busy snake. Volcano Boom Show. Very, very scuba. <laughs> Vehicle Bouncing Safari. Very big city. Very bumbling sheriff. Very busy salamander. Veronica's bubbling chair. <laughs> I can tell you what M&M's means. Find out what VBS really means at Avalanche Ranch Vacation Bible School.
Is your summer getting so boring that you could have a snail race? Organize your sock drawer? Count the sand in your sandbox? Is your summer so boring that you cut the lawn one piece of grass at a time? We've got the cure for summertime boredom. Take a wild ride through God's Word at Avalanche Ranch. This is about it. And this is the blood. Broken and pulled out for all of us. And in this communion,
third day uh, song entitled Communion. Uh, It's on their CD wherever you are. Uh, This past Sunday was Communion Sunday for us. We hold Communion every first Sunday of every month. Um, For those of you that don't know what Communion is, it is a a way for Christians to remember Christ dying on the cross for us. It was uh, uh, we adopted this uh, tradition, this uh, uh, service if you will uh, because of the Last Supper. Um, Jesus had the disciples with him, and he broke bread, and he said, this is in remembrance of my body, that will be broken for you, and he served wine, and that was uh, to remember the blood that would be spilt for our sins for us. So for those of you that don't understand that, that's what we do. We take uh, crackers or bread or whatever we have, and we partake in communion. We uh, try to remember you know, Christ dying for us. We don't want to ever forget that because that's why we're able to have our sins cleansed. It was because of him taking the beatings for him hanging on the cross and dying for us that we're able to have our sins saved. So we never want to forget that and that's just kind of an explanation for those of you that may be listening that don't understand what communion is. And um, that's what this past Sunday was for us. It was communion Sunday. So we gave a little remembrance to Jesus for that. On the pastor's sermon, he entitled it Praise in Trials. It's uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. I'll be playing that in a minute. I want to go ahead and play you another song here from uh, the Newsboys. And it's entitled, He Reigns. song of the redeemed rising from the African plain It's the song of the forgiven drowning out the Amazon rain The song of Asian believers filled with God's holy fire It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation A love song born of a grateful choir It's all God's children singing glory, glory To the faithful gathered underground Of all the songs sung from the dawn of creation Some were meant 
He Reigns, Newsboys, that's off the WOW number ones, the 31 of the greatest Christian music hits ever CD. You can find any of those CDs anywhere CDs are sold, of course. Uh, the other song was uh, Third Day. It's on their album, Wherever You Are. Uh, I'm going to read the word from the pastor. This is a lead into his sermon. Uh, One definition of praise is to exalt or extol. To extol means to praise lavishly in the Webster Dictionary. Do you think that is what we do, lavishly heap praise on our Lord God. In Apostle Peter's letter to the pilgrims of the dispersion, he indicated that, in essence, genuine faith results in praise, even though a believer has to go through severe tests and trials. The Christians Peter wrote to were faithfully following Christ in a pagan and hostile society, much like today's Sudan, parts of India, and Saudi Arabia, to name a few. They suffered police harassment, riots, and slander, and were the lowest of the low in the social order. Praise? Who could give praise in such an environment? Notice what Peter said about their commitment to Jesus. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 86. Side by side, most of our trials would seem as nothing compared to what these dear saints experienced. Yet their faith resulted in praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, the true grace of God had been extended to them, but in, but it has been given to us also. Does anyone feel like giving praise to the Lord? This is the pastor's sermon, Melvin C. Lawson, Praise and Trials, First Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Well, you see that uh, 
that VBS is on schedule. Things are going along good there, and looking forward to a great time. Sounds good as Chris was explaining to me how things, some of the things are going to work and all the props he's putting together. It's going to be a good time. I just may, may just join him up and just pretend I'm a, a kid and get into that. A lot of fun. I want to talk a little this morning on giving praise in times of trials. I think the songs were very appropriate this morning, songs of praise and worship to the Lord. And, but how about in times of trial, in, in bad times, things are going rough, and, and uh, are we able to give praise to God in those times? Or we just kind of forget Him and say, what's going on in my life? We're going to be looking, looking into uh, the letter that Paul, or Peter rather, wrote to the pilgrims of the dispersion. These were scattered, suffering saints. They were exiles. They were uh, foreign residents. They were in towns and communities that was not their permanent home. But we want to find out what Peter said to them. So is our mouth filled with praise and worship? Well, if it isn't, it may be because we don't consider or think about the things that we have to praise the Lord for. You think that might be it sometimes. We just don't think about those things because it's like the news, isn't it? Almost everything that comes on on the news is bad, right? Just about everything, isn't it? Once in a while they'll tell something good, but most of it is something that's bad that's happening. Well, it seems that that's the way it is with us at times, and our thoughts are on things that are not good, that are happening, that are, you know, sicknesses, uh, troubles of all kind, and, and uh, you know, we worry about the stock market, and we don't even have any stocks in the stock market, and all those things, you know, we worry about things, but God's in control, isn't he? So here's a letter from Peter encouraging some troubled, disheartened, struggling believers. And he gives them some reasons to look above their circumstances and, give, and to give praise to the Lord. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. I'm going to be reading several scriptures today, but this is the only one that we're going to put up for you uh, to read uh, this morning because I'm going to go quickly through some. But uh, Peter in his letter said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, 
that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. I believe the King James says joy unspeakable. We, we can't express the joy, but it's full of glory. We have so much joy that we can't even tell you how great it is. But what did he say? You're going through trials and tests and hardships and all these things. Is, your, is that the reason this morning we're not all talking about the joy in our hearts because it's so inexpressible? We can't get it out. Well, that's the way with those dear folks. And they were saints just like you and I. So here's the letter to believers. In verse 2, it's addressed to uh, the scattered saints, the sojourners, temporary residents. But they, these people were going through intense suffering and trials. Now, this kind of suffering has gone on in the church for many, many years. We hear about it in uh, uh, various places, especially Christian media and magazines and, and radio programs and TV programs. But uh, we hear about the suffering of the faithful believers in all of these countries going through terrible times. Well, that's what they were, was happening to them. If you talk about Saudi Arabia and the Sudan and parts of India and all of these countries where they're persecuting Christians, they're killing them, just uh, uh, burning down their houses. Uh, well, that's kind of what was happening when Paul wrote this letter to the pilgrims of the dispersion. They had been scattered uh, throughout the land. They were primarily Gentile believers, but they were living in a pagan society and they were looked down upon. But the letter begins with reasons to praise the Lord. Even though he says all of these things about what's happening in their lives, he gives them reasons to praise the Lord. So we as believers in Christ need to fill our thinking with the good, positive things until the negative has no room to enter our mind and our vocabulary. I think that's a very important statement, even if I did write it down myself. Let me, read, <laughs> let me read that again to you. We, as believers in Christ, need to fill our thinking with the good, positive things of God until the negative has no room to enter our minds and vocabulary. I think that's one problem in the church today. We're, we're thinking negatively thinking about those things that are bad, but he gives them reason to praise and worship the Lord. So when we do think of, the, think of those good things, it results in greater glory to God. And Peter was quick to remind the scattered, bewildered followers of Christ that they could praise the Lord even though the trials were big. And through these trials, they could honor the Lord and praise Him. So what are some of the things he gave that they should that should result in praise. So we want to look at that for just a little while. 
First, he reminded them that God has given us a living hope. Do you have hope this morning? Some people are hopeless. So first, he reminded them that we need a living hope. We need something to look forward to. And we do that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through him, we have a living hope. He came forth victorious, so we have a living hope. You see, the condition of all people without Christ is one of hopelessness. They have nothing to look forward to at the end of the life. That may be why they go all out to find earthly pleasure. They can find none after death, so they're trying to get it here. They know there is nothing beyond for them, so they just look for pleasure on this earth. They have no real hope. And as Paul wrote to the Gentile believers at Ephesus, he reminded them that one time they were without Christ. Ephesians 2.12. They were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So you see, they had more than one strike against them. They had no connection to Israel and to Israel's God and were strangers from the covenant of promise, and they had no hope of cashing in on the promises of God and, and being a part and sharing His bountiful supply. So they had nothing. They were without Christ, so they had no hope. But he says, the good thing about it, he said they were once that way. At that time you were without Christ. Now they are in Christ, so now they have a living hope. So Peter has his hope in a living Christ, not, not some dead concept or idea that's floating around, but he was in, he, his hope was in Christ. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us that hope, it says in verse 3. We have been reminded that fact not too long ago as we went through the uh, Easter season, that Christ is alive. Paul writing to the Roman church uh, and it's Jesus speaking here, he says that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Now, that's, that's, that's Paul's uh, speaking there. It was his life that brought hope to mankind. It is his life that now brings hope to the believers. And that hope is not based on some man's doubtful promises, but it is based on the sure, true, infallible, trustful word of, word of God, and we can count on it because of His resurrection. You see, if it hadn't been His resurrection, we would have no hope today. But because of that, that's what the early church preached so much, is Christ and His resurrection. So our similar resurrection is sure. We have hope. Paul told the Corinthian church, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Or that means those who have died. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Are you rejoicing this morning because of that? But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those who are Christ's at his coming. You see, that's our hope today. Because Christ 
rose from the grave, that means that we who die in Christ will do the same at His coming. So Peter gave the scattered, persecuted Christians another reason for praise. He says in verse 4, God has given us a lasting inheritance, a lasting inheritance to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now when our parents die, they sometimes leave an inheritance. And when we die, we're going to take all that with us, right? Well, no, not quite. We're going to leave it here. Like the man who, I think I told you about the man who went to heaven with a suitcase of gold. And they said, what are you bringing that in for? And he said, well, you know, it's gold, it's precious. And he said, well, why would you bring pavement material in? All, everything is gold up here, so what are you bringing in? Uh, it'd be like us taking in a bunch of uh, uh, pavement material that we get from the road out here. He didn't need to. He, didn't, he couldn't take it in. So we can't take anything with us. Now, Peter was a son of a, probably, probably a poor uh, family. Probably his father wasn't rich. So his earthly inheritance would have been small, more than likely. You know, he might have been left a boat or two and, you know, a few nets and maybe a house and a few coins, but that would have been about it, most likely. But he had left all to follow Christ. He'd even left his small inheritance. Now, I can just imagine as the way we human beings think, his friends and relatives probably wondered, what's gotten into Peter? What's going on with him? He used to be so in control, giving orders, loud, opinionated. Now he follows this wanderer, this man called Jesus. What's wrong with him? <coughs> Doesn't he have any thought for his future? How's he going to make a living? He has no future. He's throwing his life and all he, that he could have away. And I wonder sometimes if there were times when he in the beginning thought the same thing. What am I doing here? You know, because he'd given up everything, left the boat, left his, uh, where he lived and all those things. He just left it behind. But now Peter realizes he has a great inheritance ahead of him. You see, he had left all that, but he has something greater before him. He wasn't trying to hold on to those things that were behind. Those things that he left, he just left them there. But his hope was one that was incorruptible, one that wouldn't decay. You see, that boat and the, the nets, they would rot. But what he now had was going to last. You know, that was his hope. It was going to be forever. And his, hope, his inheritance was one that was undefiled. It was pure. One that would not fade away. Not a mirage. I've never, I, have you seen those things sometimes on a, a highway? You look ahead and it looks like it's water or something up there. Well, they tell me that people going across the desert sometimes sees these, this mirage 
you know, they're thirsty and, and they look ahead and they, in their minds they see an oasis and they see a lake and even see trees and shelter. But when they reach that spot, they find it's only a mirage. It fades away and it's an optical illusion, shadows, wishful thinking, whatever you want to call it. But it's gone. That's the hope of this world today. Because their, their hope is in things in the world. But he says that his hope and our hope is one that is reserved in heaven. Peter told the troubled saints, your place has already been reserved. It's waiting for you. You see, people on this earth are perishing people among perishing things. All the things we have will perish, yet we work and we fight and we struggle to get things that's not going to last. You know, we go after those things. But Peter had left all that behind because of what he knew. And he knew Christ. But in Christ we do not perish, nor does our inheritance. Now here's something important to remember. We don't leave our inheritance. We go to it. You see, it's reserved in heaven for us. So it's not something that we leave. Now whatever I have is going to be left behind. But I have an inheritance because I place my trust in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to it one of these days. So everything here means nothing. Now, that's not to say we don't enjoy life. God has put things around us and given us things so that we can enjoy living on this earth. But that's not our hope. Those, those things are passing. We take possession of that mansion Jesus has prepared. We will walk on the streets of gold. But best of all, we'll get to be with Jesus who gave his life for us and who saved us. And another reason for praise is that God has given us a lifetime of powerful protection. Aren't you glad for that protection? Back in verse 5, he's speaking to these, this church and to us who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to reveal, be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. Do you rejoice because you are kept? They were rejoicing. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. But notice what that results in. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So all of these things that they're going through, the end result is that they will give praise and honor and glory to Jesus Christ. So God had given them protection. Who are kept by the power of God, he says. They are kept by Him. Kept here is a military word. It it's, has the idea of being guarded by the power of God, surrounding you with Things that will protect you. God's power is all around you to protect you. Like God's army is standing around us, protecting, keeping, shielding us. 
You see, our Lord cares for us every day, and we don't see him like one of the prophets uh, saw the army of God around them when his servant did, didn't see that. And, and he prayed and asked God to let this servant see that army. And the servant opened his eyes, and he saw the vast army around them. Let me tell you something, folks. We are no different. God will protect us. He has an army that's going around protecting those who belong to Him. We are kept, He says, we are kept, who are kept by the power of God. We may forget Him, but He doesn't forget us. He provides power to overcome temptation and tests and trials. Even our testing and trials are temporary. Verse 6 says, For a little while... Now, some of us are getting on up in years, but if we live to be 100 or 120, that would be a little while compared to eternity. So we are, it's just for a little while. They're temporary. We may weep for a night, but joy comes in the morning, and the morning will come, even in our times of trials that we're going through right now. He says the trying our... Of our faith is more precious than gold. Have you ever considered how precious your faith is? You say, well, I have just a little faith. I don't have much faith. I have a little faith. But think how precious that little faith you have is. It's very precious. So we find in our passage today that Peter blesses the Lord in view of his living hope. Christ is his living hope. He praises and worships the Lord in view of his lasting inheritance. Not the one that would go away, not the one that he would leave here, but one that he would go to. And he praises the Lord in view of his lifetime of powerful protection. All of these are good reasons for us to praise the Lord. Because we have the same thing that Peter had. We're no different today. This is a promise to us in our trials, in our tests, in our suffering. All the things that we're going through. We can take this scripture and, and apply it to us and say, Lord, I thank you for your promise that you will keep us. You will protect us. You will go with us. I thank you, Lord, that you're my living hope. And then we realize that our hope is not in this world because if it is, it's going to fade away. It's going to be gone. But our hope is in Him who is eternal, who is everlasting. Praise the Lord. Song, I believe it's in the Brown Book, To God Be the Glory. I love that song. Great things He has done. I don't think I can quote it all, but it's a good song. I wish we knew that. To God be the glory, great things He has done. He, he gave us His Son. That's part of it. Aretha's telling me the words up here. But you see, the bottom line is, God gets the glory. To God be the glory, great things He has done. Not us. We've done nothing great. But God has. He will protect us. Our hope is in Him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This morning we want to have communion and uh, just give us a time to uh, 
worship the Lord and sense His presence and know that all is well in our hearts and we have that close communion with Him. So as Sister Martha comes to play this morning, would you stand? This podcast is produced by Cast Blaster. This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster. <gasps>